Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even if the mask does not Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak about sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson. Please look in the, um, what is it, the, what's the thing called? The uh, episode notes, the show notes. Oh my God, how could I forget <laughs> that word? Look in the show notes for the link to the book, uh, How to Be a Hoe, well, the essential guide on how to be a hoe. Um, and for those other individuals who may know me by another name, Sebastian's Adams. Again, I am hoping I have some type of fan dom situation going on right now. So pay a motherfucker, you know, give me your tributes. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Love you. And I, I really should get into like some um, small dick humili- hum, uh, humiliation play, um, hmm. like you small cock bastards. Like I just you want to do some shit like that. Fucker. Like, look at that little tiny dick that you have. Are you so proud of that baby dick? <laughs> you baby little- dick. <laughs> you no, I I would love to do it. Um, not to offend anyone who may have a small dick that's not into uh, small dick humiliation. It's not about you. It's just for those individuals who need that in their lives. Let me be that for you. I I will humiliate. I will humiliate you every episode if you need me to. Let me stop. Now it sounds I like mean, I'm begging. A nigga's not over here begging for no. Ah. <laughs> I'm not that desperate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shit, I'm not that desperate. Too proper marketing and shit. That's fair. <laughs> so I have Hakeem on the line. How are you doing uh, today, brother? Doing all right. Chilling, killing. You know how it goes. Oh, he's killing. <laughs> I'm killing it. I'm apparently <laughs> doing a lot, a lot of good work. So he's killing know. it. Who, who, what, it? What did you kill? I mean, you know, productivity. Uh, Not productivity. You know, yeah, that's what I'm killing. Productivity. <laughs> that's what they call it these days. Got a yeah. basement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we will be talking about mental health and relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, first thing. Oh, go oh, ahead. What you about to say? What you about to say? Oh, I was gonna say, you know, mental health and relationships is very important uh, because mental health colors our landscape. Like hell, you can go like if you've ever walked into work and then just felt like very depressed <laughs> when you mm-hmm. walk into work. That's your mental health telling you you need to get the fuck out of there. So yeah. <laughs> Did you say if you walk into Geico? <laughs> <laughs> If you walk into Geico and you have a panic attack, you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I left. <laughs> oh, God, they're going to hear this is like, um, did you ever work for us? Yes, I did. And it was depressing. Like, I, okay. the <laughs> I don't work for you all anymore. Pay up. <laughs> anyway, you know, speaking of Geico, 
Um, mm-hmm. Back in my days there, my supervisor told me that um, there we're starting this new um, introduction uh, of how we greet our customers. They mm. named it like Gmoji or some shit like that. Oh. You remember those. that thing? Um, yeah, I hate those and so goddamn much. The crazy thing about it is that my supervisor let it slip that, yeah, we modeled this off of um, your calls. And I'm like, oh, so y'all been listening to my calls and like what I did and y'all made this new um, platform or teaching mechanism based off of that. And I know intellectual property and shit like that, but... <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, don't you sign like a, a disclosure or something like that before you get hired? Yes, that's the only reason why I know I can't get paid from that. But <laughs> low key, I'm kind of like with all the mental suffering I have to deal with being called nigger on a regular basis. <laughs> you got called nigger? Damn. So many. Look, I got called nigger so many times working at Geico. I was like, this is exhausting. And or impression or having that oh i didn't know that after saying completely racist shit about black people and then you have the nerve to ask so what race are you and i tell you oh i'm black oh you don't sound like a black guy i would have thought that you sounded a little you would have been a little bit less educated whoa huh what i mean (laughs) listen i look sometimes i'll be like you know i hear that i'm like I understand, you know, uneducation is a a staple of the black community. However, you know what else is a staple? Uh, Getting you off the side of the road. I can make that happen for you. Now, if you don't mind, please hold and then never come back to the line. Look, there was was a point where um, I almost snapped on a customer and I'm glad my supervisor um, took hold of that call because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to speak to a supervisor kind of thing. You know, let them know the supervisor is literally going to tell you the same thing. He sits right behind me. He heard this entire conversation. He's going to tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll get a supervisor online. And while you are in the background talking to your friend, like, and you say this nigger will not let this, that, and the third, he will not put me on the line. I'm like, <clears throat> I literally cleared my throat. <laughs> <laughs> my supervisor came on. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, You have reached the desk. Of. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. like, it's time for me to sign off. It's time for me to sign off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shit. I haven't, the funny thing is, I haven't had anybody call me like a straight up nigga on the phone. <laughs> like, I've gotten like, Oh, like, oh, well, well, this motherfucker here and like that kind of stuff, but not nigga. Maybe it's because of how I talk, but still. <laughs> I got it so many times. I'm like, and then I have my little Geico voice on too. So I'm like, mm. okay, I'm over here trying to give you some positive energy, positive vibes. And now I'm a whole ass ER. Who child? Hardest of the ERs. Mm. These mm-hmm. phone thugs. Oh, there was this one one policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I'm not trying to rant. We we're supposed to be going into this episode, but there was this <laughs> one policy holder, right? Mm-hmm. Who lived in the WR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know where that uh, uh the that yeah, yeah, was. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, working in service, seeing people's mm-hmm. um addresses and whatnot, had the nerve to call me uh a bitch and say 
uh, I, I if I ever see you, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you are a 30 to 45 minute drive away if you really want to see a nigga. <laughs> exactly. It's like, bro, you forget that I have access to you. Yeah, I saw this video one time that was like, yeah, uh, when a, cu- a rude customer calls into a, a call center or whatever, he's like, oh, are you such and such? It lives on such and such and such and such. And they with the zip code, or not with the zip code, but with the uh, uh, social security such and such and such and such. And he's like, yeah, that's me. Oh, okay, well, I could just slide up right there. It's only 45 minutes away. You know, we can, ha- we can handle this in person. <laughs> he's like, no, no, you good, fam. <laughs> he's like, really oh, no. He's like, no, you say, I thought you wanted to see me. Like, you were talking all this stuff on the phone. <laughs> you, know, you got all this voice until this 6'4 pulls up in front of you. And I'm talking about six feet, four inches pull up in oh. front of you. Mm-hmm. You still got those words? You still huh? got those words? You do you still have all that hate in your heart? How can I help you get off the side of the road? How can mm-hmm. I help you with your policy in, in person? Look. <laughs> <laughs> Pull the fuck up. So, it, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about that job because that did, you know, mm-hmm. somewhat bring up a, uh, an emotional response there. Um, okay. And I say that because the first thing that we have to talk about is medical marijuana and mental health diagnoses. So, well, <laughs> diagnostics. So, how do you feel about medical marijuana? I am for mar- medical marijuana. Um, personally speaking, like, I don't understand the whole big deal about limiting it. Um, honestly speaking, like it, one helps people with, uh, a lot of stuff like pain management. Um, it helps them with like their mental health and stuff like that. Also going to sleep, depending on uh, the type of strain that you use and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely advocate for that, um, talk to your local senator, check the local laws and make sure it's okay for you to use. Mm. I'm all for it as well. <clears throat> and it's like medical marijuana is very widespread in terms of um, like legislation <clears throat> on the state level. Uh, there's a lot of states who um, actually started to allow it, even though some do not have actual dispensaries um, yet. But it's like, <clears throat> it's crazy that we can have hemp products, sell CBD, all these things that come from the same plant, but whenever mm-hmm. it has that chemical reaction of having THC, that's when it becomes a problem. I'm just like, but we've been using this all, all the time. Like, it's nothing mm-hmm. new. We're only making it illegal, uh, one, because of racist reasons, but because it has a psychoactive uh, effect to it, yet we can mm-hmm. have all the opioids out here as much as we want, uh, as much mm-hmm. as you feel a need for, or uh, we can be hyped up on caffeine, which does a lot more harm to your body than marijuana. We can yep. drink all this alcohol that does a lot worse for our mental health, physical health, uh, um, social relationships, all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. Like it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if alcohol threw your pH balance off. I wouldn't be surprised either. Oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> My um shredder just went off. Hold up, turn that off. There we oh, go. Damn. He's shredding documents. <laughs> Getting rid of evidence. Getting rid of evidence. Uh, what? What? With you being in the mental health field professionally, and uh, mm-hmm. have some experience with 
um, learning more about uh, medical marijuana and its uh, effects on a person. What are some of the um, like diagnoses or um, not symptoms, some of the disorders that um, marijuana helps out with other than, you know, sleep, insomnia, and um, like, Mm -hmm. I know it helps out with a lot of anxiety disorders, uh, like any specific ones. So generalized anxiety disorder, um, I believe medical marijuana helps that. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, basically anything within the uh, anxiety category, mm-hmm. um, I think medical marijuana can help out with. Um, and this is me from speaking from like, I haven't done like a, a lot of research or anything like that. I'm just speaking off, you know, antidotally, of course. Um, so don't sue me. But <laughs> yeah, um, I also think that medical marijuana can help with, um, what's that shit called? Um, eating disorders. Mm, So eating disorders are a big thing, especially like for a binger, um, or not a binger, but a purger. Um, and they may not feel like eating. Um, they may not have the entire appetite. Um, in addition to that, like depression, a symptom of depression is having a low appetite. So if you don't have an appetite and you smoke marijuana, you'll have an appetite. You it will. happens. <laughs> you definitely will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find it shocking that because where we are, it's year 2022. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of research, even though some of it is not med- medically based because you cannot technically do. OK, this is the this is the weird thing. <laughs> Federal government has done medical based uh, <laughs> research on marijuana, but mm-hmm. the, the standard um like student or mm-hmm. um md uh pharmacists mm-hmm. cannot do like human trials on certain medical wana related drugs um mm-hmm. to see how that see how that impacts a person's health yeah um like a lot of it is is speculation but it's also uh anecdotal experiences that other people have provided as well right. as um uh, what you get in uh in terms of like places like california where you may you have that option to prescribe medical marijuana and you just mm-hmm. ask your patients for their feedback and you use that to get your study yeah. um, information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's no actual, like, you cannot actually have a medical trial using medical marijuana because of where it is scheduled in terms mm-hmm. of like um, federal regulations. regulations and because of that, you have you have the option to deny the facts or deny the uh, studies behind it because mm-hmm. it's not... It's not able to be tested in like an actual human body. Yeah. It, it's not... It, you you cannot have like a, a true case study to see exactly mm-hmm. how this benefits somebody. Like, let's say if you're trying... If you're a therapist and you want to use a CBT method, um, that's cognitive behavior therapy um, mm-hmm. for those who are not with that lingo. But if you want to use CBT to see how that impacts your client's um, mental health status, uh, have a control group, and then you have your um, marijuana group, and then you just go through your clinical trial to figure out how the impact. We can't do that right now because of nope. fucking federal regulation, because mm-hmm. without that, the statistical proof um behind that is just like oh it's still speculation so we cannot really determine this that and the third Mm -hmm. but we're in 2022 the holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression 
When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss include kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. Um, behind that, it's just like, oh, it's still speculation. So we cannot really determine this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. But we're in 2022. Uh, like a quarter of the country has medical marijuana in their state legalized let's just make it federal so we can actually put this damn thing to rest and just prove which everybody already knows that these laws were just done so for racist purposes and that's right not to mention so there is some study some studies going on with um psilocybin you know magic mushrooms Mm -hmm. um and they're doing that on the federal level it's still a, a legal drug um because of the effects and stuff now i will say this people who people who do smoke marijuana um if you have like any sort of psychotic uh, disorders like for example schizophrenia mm-hmm. bipolar disorder um what's another one any sort of like hallucinations or anything like that that shit will make it worse like marijuana will make all that shit worse and if you don't know who you're buying your medical or your marijuana from it could be laced and if it's laced it'll get even 10 times worse for you like you can literally break your brain if you don't if you don't smoke cautiously. Mm, break your brain. What does mm. that mean? I mean, not in a sexual way, but <laughs> you know, in the the bad way. <laughs> no, I mean in the bad way. What does that mean? Oh, so essentially, like if okay, so if you've ever like been up really, really, really late at night without like a lot of sleep, and you like feel like you're paranoid, like you're hearing things, and like you might see some stuff, or if you ever had sleep paralysis and stuff imagine that but all the time (laughs) like yeah like that's what that's almost it's like a small taste of what psychosis is actually like um if you like and then like just being disoriented or um if if you ever woken up and like not know exactly where you are like what the fuck's happening like you know Mm -hmm. that kind of feeling like that cranked up to like a, a thousand is what psychosis is like um I will say for anybody who think that that sounds fun, you do not want to be in psychosis. That shit is not fun. And I'm saying that from personal experience. It's not what it's not. It's not the bee's knees is not fun. Uh, It's a scary place to be. Stay away from that. Um, So uh, that's another reason why mental health is important uh, so that you are able to uh, decipher what is reality, what's not reality, Uh, as well as get the proper diagnosis if you are schizophrenic or not. Uh, before you mm-hmm. do partake in some of these drugs because uh, as of right now when you have when <clears throat> like since there's no true access like mm-hmm. equitable access access to mental health services um, or even knowledge about mental health services and you have uh, people mentioning how medical marijuana uh, can help you in terms of your mental health 
and you mm-hmm. have a lot more people who are doing it recreationally, but don't know if they have a certain diagnosis or whatnot, and they're trying to balance their mm-hmm. um, mental health, their stress using marijuana, there's a point where it becomes an escape and not an actual service to you. Um, yep. And without knowing exactly how, what your mental status is, uh, if you do have a mental disorder, you're just doing more damage to yourself than any good. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind, most definitely for those who are recreational users. Um, and this, this kind of goes into... Uh, uh, another topic that we did discuss when we were drafting up this episode, which is knowing your uh, your partner's mental health status outside of just knowing your own. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you say would be the benefit of knowing your partner's mental health status? So the benefit of knowing your partner's mental health status is that you can kind of feel like or prevent yourself from falling into a lot more than what you can handle. Um, because if two people are mental health, uh, like, For example, if a schizophrenic uh, is with somebody who uh, is bipolar, for example, like bipolar two or no bipolar one um, with depressive episodes and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. it's not a good match. It or I I, I take that back. It may not be a good match for those two people because of their diagnosis and just who they are as people. Um, Like me, for example. I know I know a lot about psychology. I know a lot about uh, diagnosing people and also the feet, you know, what to look out for and stuff like that. I personally could not date somebody who is uh, like a schizophrenic or an extreme bipolar, you know, featured mm-hmm. person because I personally just can't deal with that kind of stuff outside of work. Um, it's just very difficult for me, mm-hmm. you know, to switch from regular me to you know clinical me. <clears throat> I, could, I, I get that, like, <clears throat> in a way, because I, I feel the same as you, uh, in a way, you want to be in a space where you can not have to worry too much about being the work you at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, it's great to know how to respond to uh, uh, a breakdown or uh, mm-hmm. someone who it may be going into psychosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have to do that on a regular basis with uh, my partner and being in the field, that mm-hmm. can be something that is constantly triggering for uh, someone. So I, I definitely get that. And like for anyone who might be taking this conversation uh, possibly in the wrong way is not necessarily saying that those individuals with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, um, uh, they're unable to find love or unworthy of love because definitely there's possibility and there's value in loving a person Mm -hmm. with any kind of mental disorder. Uh, It's just when it comes to um, what certain individuals want in terms of their partnership with someone that mm-hmm. is something that you have to take uh, in consider in consideration because you don't know mm-hmm. how much of yourself um, you might lose trying to mm-hmm. make sure that the entire uh, relationship has some kind of equal standing um, like that 80 20 rule uh, mm-hmm. is cute and all but the mm-hmm. 80 20 rule doesn't also is not as healthy as most people think if you have to constantly give 80 percent just to accept the 20 percent that they can give back that that become you get to a point where you're burning yourself out right and i'll go as far as to this because people do better with comparisons um for for women it's like dating a narcissist Mm. so if you've ever 
and narcissism is definitely a clinical thing you can diagnose somebody with. Mm -hmm. So if any women out there are taking this conversation the wrong way, you know, think of it as dating a narcissist. If you have not dated a narcissist, I encourage you to talk to somebody who has dated a narcissist. (laughs) So that way you can be like, oh, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, they can be very manipulative. They can always turn some shit around on you to make you feel like you're less. Um, That's what narcissists do. And they never feel like they've done anything wrong. Um, And for those spiritualists out there, it's a toxic person. (laughs) Anybody that's toxic. (laughs) The most toxic people. Yeah, future. uh, Not future. But it, that's that's a good that's a good example because um, like a narcissist is is a lot of work It's a lot of work and I mm-hmm. do feel sorry for any person who is dealing with a narcissist because mm-hmm. it's, it's never their fault <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can and it's hard to have you have you seen um, Love Is Blind yet yes um that I have not oh. So uh, within the reunion show, I forgot the dude's name. Um, he was the uh, um, Indian dude. Um, and they pointed out to him that he's a narcissist. Um, mm-hmm. So anybody who needs that context, watch that show. Again, these motherfuckers are not sponsoring this damn uh, podcast. <laughs> this is like the fourth time they came up. <laughs> <laughs> damn these motherfuckers need to send some money my way but um (laughs) but like if you watch that and you just look at his behaviors like even during the show uh i'm like okay i could see the potential of their relationship working out but when you watch that reunion and you get the um (laughs) the information that was not provided during the show you're just like this man was horrible i get Mm -hmm. why she um did what she did i get why um I'm just going to ruin it for you. She did not. She did not go through with the uh, wedding. She let him go, uh, and rightfully so. Because yeah. if you're dating someone who's not able to hold themselves accountable or um, see the fault in their own actions, that's more. That's going to bring them into that realm of narcissism. Uh, mm-hmm. Now it's not a 100. That's a narcissist, but just know they're they're circling the, they're circling the drain. They're they're getting close to it. They're just trying mm-hmm. to get that full flesh and be the true them and be the garbage that is. I'm joking. I don't need to call a narcissist garbage. It's a mental health thing. But look, they gonna start blowing up your inbox. They went, I'm not garbage. You're garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Get checked. Like even have you have you had a conversation or um, coached or provided counseling to a narcissist before? I have not. I've actually I've talked to somebody with the diagnosis of being a narcissist. Um. And I have seen, like, I've seen the, like, some of the, the markers for it in other people and also just in, like, day-to-day, like, life shit. But those people didn't have a diagnosis. This one actually did. And I was like, wow, this actually does look like some textbook narcissist shit. It's wild. Like, not, no accountability for his own actions. It's always someone else's fault. Um, you know, he has this grandiose, like, you know, like, actual demeanor about himself like it was wild it was like it was like talking to a movie star but he's not a movie star (laughs) wow that's Mm -hmm. crazy i've um had uh, it was a student who's Mm -hmm. uh, i can't say he 
was a narcissist, but definitely had those tendencies. But it was it was bringing them to a level of accountability that took months mm-hmm. in order for that to happen. And it it was after after our discussion, they were able to hold themselves accountable a lot more um, uh, in regards to their behavior, which is great. I'm happy that they were able to do that. Well, he was able to do that. But just breaking down those walls mm-hmm. of it's not me is always this other person is always this other person's fault and them not seeing that they hadn't act they had a, a true um action that caused the effect <laughs> that yep. was going on like making them see hey okay I, I see your perspective here that this person was uh, in the wrong but what mm-hmm. did you do now, now that you now that you vocalize that, do you not see how that action, that statement got them to behave this way? Mm-hmm. No, they shouldn't have did this, that. I'm like, right now you're expecting them to live mm-hmm. your life. You're expecting them to uh, have the same perspective that you do. You have to get out of your own way and look yep. at things in their in their view. Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I have the actual like diagnostic criteria for narcissistic personality like right in front of me so the first thing okay so first off you have to have five or more of the following have a grandiose sense of self-importance um exaggerates achievement talents expects to be recognized as superior without um you know consumer like you know actually receiving those uh accolades or anything like that um have a grandiose or is preoccupied with uh, fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, um, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by uh, or should associate with specific people, um, requires excessive and, you know, like admiration, Hmm. um, has a sense of entitlement. So, yeah. So there's more actually. Oh God. (laughs) Is interpersonally exploitive takes advantage of others, uh, lacks empathy, unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others, uh, is often envious of others or believes that there's others envious of him or her, uh, shows arrogant or haughty behavior or attitudes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Chile. Yep. So that makes, so you know how, you know, that argument between uh, mm-hmm. environmental, well, nature versus nurture. Yeah. And, um, you know some kind some psychological disorders are nerd uh, like you know born with mm-hmm. um but you know there's others that are environmental do you yeah. feel as though narcissism is an envi- environmental uh, disorder well environment based mental disorder or do you think that's something that is more biological i think it's uh if i had to put on a percentage scale i would say that it's more it's like 98% of it, or that's kind of bad, 87% of it comes from the actual person's uh, environment. Hmm. And then the rest of it comes from their actual like biological chemistry. Because they, the there's like a fine line between someone being a, a narcissist and then or, or somebody being codependent hmm. or having dependent personality disorder. Um, like it's it's very like to in my personal opinion it's very like fine line kind of shit you can go either or it just depends on what happens to you in like your regular life setting 
Mm, that's interesting that uh, it is a fine line. And also codependency is one of the things that we're going to talk about in this uh, episode, which is a great tie-in. So do you mind defining codependency and uh, 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 letting people know exactly what that looks like? Sure. Um, let's see, because it's actually called, so it's not, it's not codependency in um, mm-hmm. like the DSM-5, but it's just called dependent personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Um it is characterized one second i'll see if i can find it real quick because then also like borderline so the opposite to or i guess the antithesis of the female version of narcissist personality mm-hmm. is by is a borderline personality disorder because mostly women have that hmm. but yeah um but dependent personality disorder so you got to have five more of the following have difficulty making everyday decisions without excessive amount of advice or reassurance from others, needs others to assume responsibility for most areas of their life, major areas, um, have difficulty expressing disagreement with others or because fear of loss of support or approval, have difficulty initiating projects or doing things on their own, um, you know, because of like energy, self-confidence, all that kind of stuff. Um, goes to excessive lengths to obtain support from others to the point of volunteering to do things that are unpleasant, feels uncomfortable or helpless when alone uh, because of exaggerated fears of unable to care for themselves, urgently seeks another relationship after being in a relationship, Mm. Um, unrealistically preoccupied with fears of being left to take care of themselves. That's very sad. But um, when... When I say I am not a fan of codependency, that's this this description is the reason why, um, mm-hmm. is because it is it is hurtful to be uh, uh, codependent or to be to have that much dependency on another person um, mm-hmm. in order just for you to feel somewhat uh, fulfilled. And the reason why I argue that we are in a codependent um, culture. Um, that we're raised to be codependent is because like when you think about the messages that we receive in terms of relationships and what how we should be in a relationship it Mm -hmm. does align a lot with codependency of having a partner that can tell you uh, how to live your life or uh, having someone who fulfills you uh, or that concept that in order to get over somebody, you have to get under somebody rather than focusing on yourself and rebuilding yourself so you can be fulfilled enough or strong enough to make decisions that's best that's in your best interest. Yep. Um, and like without even having that self-assurance or just have that ability to stand on your uh, for yourself, mm-hmm. it's not to say that you're weak or anything. It's just that mentally you're not strong enough to be in a relationship um because of that is it's it opens up the door for a lot of manipulation to happen because you are dependent on that other person just for fulfillment or affirmation or comfort or love rather than focusing solely on the fact that you can love yourself without other people right and people who are like very codependent like you'll you'll see some of those things in them right you'll see them depend on other people to make decisions or not even at that level. Um, sometimes you'll see them like defer to another person instead. Like the whole idea of a happy wife, happy life, and stuff mm-hmm. steeped in codependency. Um, the idea that a woman has to be uh, submissive to her man, codependency. Mm. Like there's so much, like you said earlier, there 
the culture, especially black culture, is steeped in codependency. It's kind of it's like it's like why? Like I don't get why. Like in a time period, I could see that working because society was set up to be uh, matriarchal, patriarchal, and when men had a lot more power than women, I get that. But it's a whole different age. You can change, flip the script whenever the hell you want to. You got women out here making like you know close to six figures and stuff, and you got men out here goddamn struggle, struggle busting it. So like, just get rid of it. <laughs> just get rid. Like that's the thing that really bothers me. Uh, it kind of goes on gender roles and stuff like that. But I hate when um, the conversation of you know I can be an independent woman or I could uh, I don't need a man and all that. I, I I'm all for it. Even when mm-hmm. it comes to feminism, um, especially Black feminism, because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do consider myself a Black feminist uh, amongst anything else. But it's like, <clears throat> it all makes sense to be a feminist, to uh, have uh, the independence of being self until you're mm-hmm. having those conversations of um, being in a relationship. That's when the feminism just leaves the door that's when things just mm-hmm. now we're talking about biologically women are weaker than men which is also a lie <laughs> now mm-hmm. we're using um unproven facts about oh uh like ugh, when it comes to the argument about uh transgender uh people in sports um, oh. how these end up, how people who are transgender are um who's transitioned from uh male female uh are mm-hmm. more powerful than like stronger than the women in this uh in mm-hmm. the, um that sp- particular that sport, sport. Yeah. and it's not the truth uh and people don't even know the i'm, I'm going to say it in this episode but people don't even know the uh history of where where that came from um mm. you know they go into well biologically speaking men are stronger than women but if you look at the uh anatomy of it all like the mm-hmm. the science, women mm-hmm. are actually biologically speaking, um, supposedly stronger when it comes to like below the waist, while men are more stronger above the, above waist. the waist. That yeah. is that is the biological science of it all. So if you have a trans uh, woman running in track, she's technically slower than what y'all other people will consider a biological woman (laughs) right that's the biology of it all not to mention like the biological default for human beings is to be female like men are literally a genetic mistake (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) literally speaking like genetically speaking we like the way that men came into came to be is because there was a change in the chromosome at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Like if you if a if a, if the process to make another human being was perfect all the way through, it would just nothing be be straight up just women, mm-hmm. women all the time. Um, and that's yeah. that's the crazy thing about it. Like it's like with <laughs> like so we're like you said genetically um, based on feminine uh, feminine. Uh, we were supposed we're we're uh, as men a genetic defect um that this that's it is what it is like when it yeah. comes to reproduction when it comes to like the fact mm-hmm. that there are men in this world is uh, a shock because this is a conversation i had back in high school if the science is not true and is something else that's more up to date i will appreciate this knowledge but this is based off of what my teacher provided to me and i haven't seen anything to say otherwise since then in terms mm-hmm. of like 
um, sperm, um, sperm swim speed that the mm-hmm. male sperms are typically the faster mm-hmm. ones. And because the mm-hmm. um, sperm is um, basic and the vaginal canal is acidic, a lot of the male sperm are the first to go, the first to die in the process, mm-hmm. which means there should be a lot more females on this planet than there are men. But that's mm-hmm. that's however the universe works that's how the universe works on that right but that's that's the that's the (laughs) biological science behind reproduction there now let's go into this little uh thing with the transgender because i i just want to go ahead and let this educate people on that why this is Mm -hmm. an actual issue but not really an issue back in 2011 2012 i forgot the year i just Mm -hmm. know it was mercer days i know that part for a fact there was a trans male student um, who mm-hmm. wanted to be in the male sport at his college and participate with the other men in that sport. Uh, and the I don't know if it was the college or the NCAA, one of them made it a rule that he could not participate with the gender that he identified. So he had to go and compete with the women's uh, wrestling so as a man participating in that um, category with women um, transitioning and all of that Mm -hmm. dominated in the women's category and that's not his fault (laughs) he didn't choose to do that it's the NCAA or the college made that decision for him he mm-hmm. dominated because of that. And now we have this false dichot- this false idea that just because someone happens to be trans, they're automatically going to dominate in the sport when he wasn't supposed to be in that category to begin with. He wanted to fight mm. with, he wanted to wrestle with other men. Mm, mm, mm. God damn, look at systems fucking up left and right. Thank you. <laughs> like, and now, now we're still having this down debate about like the situation with the swimmer who lost so many times when competing with other women and one when first once mm-hmm. i mean all i'm saying is this like you can you can like this is just stuff that i've accumulated over the years of my living you know my 29 years of living mm-hmm. but you can always just look at the look at the facts man look at the way that uh human beings are born go google some 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 uh research and all that kind of stuff to to figure out for yourself mm-hmm. as the listener where do you stand on this issue don't go in and be like well i think no go do the research first then have an opinion like i wouldn't have this opinion if i didn't do the research honestly speaking right <laughs> and for just to help out in terms of pulling up resources here's a reputable source this is not a uh, like an advertisement. This is not like a media source or anything like that. This is a reputable source that looks into uh, sexual health. Just go to the Planned Parenthood website. Hmm. They have they have the information for you about um, genders. Um, mm-hmm. They even have they if you want you can also reach out to them to have a session with yourself and your family just to learn more about genders. You 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 can you can always utilize that it's free it's completely free there's no wall that's there like a, a mm-hmm. price a um, like you know with most databases because mm-hmm. google 
I get it. It's very accessible. Most people don't know how to even use Google Scholar. Even Google Scholar has some non-peer-reviewed information on there. God damn, Google. Yeah. It's like they have some great quality things on Google Scholar. Um, But this is an organization that is folk. Their main focus is sexual health. Look into it. You can look into, uh, I think the World Health Organization has something um, that you can look into, the World Association of Sexuality. I think that's what it's called, WAS. I should know that since I'm in um, a program to be listed on their damn database, but um, (laughs) um, you should, like, these are other resources that you can look into. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to promise that I'm going to put anything, like, link any information in the show notes. I might. Again, I'm not promising that, but just look into those, just those particular sources. They're only looking out to give out the facts. They're not doing anything for like a political spin. They're not trying to hurt anybody. Their their main focus is educating people about sexual health. That's it. It's It's not trying to spin your mind or anything like that, change your opinion. You look at the facts. If you still feel some type of way about it, that's perfectly fine. Right. And kind of going off of that as well, like, I know that there are people out there, because this is also a thing, uh, gender dysphoria, right? Mm. Um, I I skimmed it. I'm not going to lie to you. I skimmed it. But from what it sounded like when I read it, it was more like a person doesn't feel comfortable with the gender that they were assigned. Um and that's not to say like trans people have a diagnosis or anything like that, but I would just encourage you if you are, if you don't feel like you're comfortable with your gender identity, right, or your actual biological gender, um, if there is some dysphoria around that, explore that, talk to somebody, hmm. talk to some, like, I can't stress this enough, talk to somebody before you um, jump into anything that you can't undo or reverse or whatever um because just like there was there was a kid who had his uh his uh who was going in for his foreskin wasn't his foreskin was trying to get removed or whatever and they snipped off his junk by accident that that is oh yeah i think there was a kid that uh was getting was trying to have his foreskin removed when he was born but they accidentally like cut his entire jack johnson off um and then they just, just, his parents just decided to raise him as a girl um, because he didn't have like a penis. And I was just kind of like, why would you do that? First of all, like the fuck, that's, <laughs> that's the right. stupidest, that's the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Um, yeah, I was just like, bro, y'all, woo. And he had, and he or she had some real like dysphoria about it. Mm-hmm. Like when they, you know, when they got older, right rightfully so Mm -hmm. um but yeah i would just definitely encourage you to speak to somebody before you actually start doing anything that can be can't be undone or just it's hard to undo Uh, i agree definitely need to do that and um i think this uh off of that um because some people don't understand like the you know trans experience in terms Mm -hmm. of like the transitioning process um because if you listen to what the media or politicians try to present it as is I'm just making a decision today. So I'm just going to get something chopped off or I'm going to make this huge decision. It is 
a tough process to go through transitioning. You one, you have to live in the in the life of the gender that you identify. And I think that's a year long process. And you have to do that for a full, um, well, you know, do that for a year before Mm -hmm. you can even be put on hormones. And then after that, you start your hormone treatment, there's an adjustment process there, um, Mm -hmm. where (laughs) you have to be on hormone blockers, um, in order for like, let's say testosterone, um, testosterone while estrogen is being um, placed into your um, body so that you can transition that way. That can take a few years, probably two, three, I don't know exactly how many years. And then at that point, after you've transitioned uh into your identity that that option of if you uh, want to make any surgical changes become available to you at that point and some individuals don't want to make a decision of you know getting rid of a penis if they're a trans woman or um having some kind of reconstructive surgery for a penis if they are a trans man uh, and not, and even that, this is why I'm a, a huge supporter of looking into sexual health and funding sexual health education mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. improve um, that transition for trans men so that they can have a pleasurable and not painful um, surgery when it comes to building a penis. And it's crazy wow. that we live in a society that is so fixated on having a big dick that we're not looking, we're not readily opening ourselves up to a surgery that can benefit trans men who may want a penis, which is building a penis, which a functioning and pleasurable penis, that if Mm -hmm. you have, uh, if you want a big dick, you'll be able to easily get one at that point. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I don't know what people's obsession about big dicks is. Like, honestly speaking, like there's no sort of, like, first off, the amount of blood that it will take to like actually get a a dick up, like that size. Second off, Girl, like if you okay, if you're a woman out there and you like big dicks, that's cool, great, wonderful for you. However, I need you to understand that that if you if you find some dude out there with a with a big ass dick, there's no guarantee he knows how to use it. Like that's the that's the part that women forget. Oh, I need a man with a with a, a 12 incher. Can he use said 12 incher? Like, I can get an AK. That don't mean I know how to fucking fire it. Like, <laughs> that's, a, like shit. that's a good analogy. But like for real, like we don't, a lot of people don't, it's it's a processing thing. Like it's great. Like, uh, even with the previous uh, uh episode I was um uh, speaking on with um uh, Tyrell. Um mm. I don't know if it's going to be out before this episode or not, but um <laughs> He uh, he mentioned we were talking about size queens and whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. how there are some people who are out here with a huge dick. And when people see the big dick, they get scared of the big dick and they're just like, um, I can't I do that. Yeah, it's like also use lube, man. Just use use the lube. Like, use don't lube. be afraid to use lube. So, also, did you know that there's like a bunch of disorders in here that describe different fetishes? So you got voyeuristic disorder, you got fraudulentism disorder, you got exhibitionist disorder, um, sexual sadism disorder, uh, transvest transvestic, which is basically like transvest like person dressing up as a female or whatever um, disorder. Yeah, so essentially every fetish that ever that is ever known to man is a disorder. 
Um, <laughs> I thought the DSM five took those out. No, not well. The one that I got is they made they, okay. So they made a new revision to it, right? Mm-hmm. That came out in twenty twenty two of March. I haven't gotten that one yet. Oh. I'm trying to get that one. But the main thing to to know about disorders itself is that um, at any point, if you feel like you the person are having an issue with the way that you feel or experience this reality, then it becomes a disorder. Mm. Like I could do cocaine all day, but if I don't think it's a problem, it's not a problem. True. You know, it's crazy. So this is this is going back to my um, mas- uh, master's days. And um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of my fellow um, peers, we were working on our capstone projects and she decided that she wanted to do hers on racism. And uh, I forgot exactly <laughs> like why why that's not like a mental disorder. And yeah. Uh, so she wanted to research uh, racism as being a mental disorder. And in her research, she found out that um, the reason why racism is not considered a mental disorder is because it's so popular. Since so <laughs> many people are racist, it cannot be considered a disorder. Oh Only abnormalities should be considered uh, a, a disorder. And I was like, but it is abnormal to people <laughs> of color. Like, I don't get I was it. Like, when uh, me as a black person her also being uh she was she's black woman i'm like mm-hmm. we're not out here acting like this i mean well you know some of us do you're right you're right mm-hmm. that, face, that face is accurate <laughs> but <laughs> i'm like if if you look at that context like it, it it should be a mental disorder because the shit that we're seeing on tv and mm-hmm. all this craziness like mm-hmm. we are we are so against calling ourselves a racist that mm-hmm. we are going to have a whole ass argument about mm-hmm. critical race theory all this other stuff um point out trans issues and mm-hmm. not even help people get quality medical care do anything with reparations do anything with housing we're we're willing to do all this cultural shit and avoid the topic of race but we're not racist here's something else so and kind of like pulling it back to like uh like the whole the whole thing about mental disorders and dating right Mm -hmm. if you have a partner who is racist right or or i'll take it i'll take it on the base level just who enjoys race play Mm. right that itself warrants a discussion about this person's mental health because i'm gonna say this if a person is into some real hard shit like getting choked the fuck out to almost blacking out Mm -hmm. you might need to ask them like hey and be real with me here did you used to get choked out as a kid like (laughs) but really though that that's that's so one of the things I'm going to be looking more into uh, after I get my sex coaching and um, finish up this program I'm in uh, mm-hmm. with uh, systemic sex therapy is looking at how uh, 
sometimes we utilize our fetishes to replay trauma but in a more pleasurable way um because right. sometimes we do that like most definitely most definitely in the bdsm spaces because if mm-hmm. you have been a victim of sexual assault um some people find that therapeutic because they know everything within that engagement is consensual and safe and you're with a safe partner but you're able to participate in things like rape play even though you were a victim mm-hmm. of sexual assault but you know that that moment is bringing you back to a place of fear but in this Mm -hmm. present moment it's a place of healing because you have control so it's Mm -hmm. like just those kind of that's the thing that i'm interested in a lot (laughs) yeah i mean like that that's the thing yeah like i'm interested in that like that whole aspect when somebody tells me oh i would never i would never do that kind of stuff i'm like but why not though like why won't you like let me spank you why won't you let me tie you up like what's the what's the qualms there or it's like oh I really like or I really like a consensual non-consensual or breath play or like knife play I'm like so why do you like that like I want to know why like did you like is some sort of take like I'm taking that power back is it just like it just excites you or like you saw it in a movie once like that was traumatic to you like people see like for example I like zombie movies and I like horror movies. Why? I'll tell you why, Billy. Because, <laughs> because I was terrified when I saw Michael Jackson's Thriller. That mo- that music video was terrifying. Wow. So I now I like zombie movies. I like everything to do with horror because of that traumatic event. <laughs> like, this is how it am. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that Thriller scared you. But you know, hey, I'm going to accept that because you know you were a child. I hope you were a child. Please I was tell a me child. that you were not like eight years old when you saw this and you got scared. No, okay. I was a child. Like the heck. Now, if I was an adult, it'd be a whole different story. But how old of a child? I I mean, you gotta remember, Vern. Like I developed like real. Oh early, yeah, you were so. shel- sheltered, sheltered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That will be scary. Yeah. To a person, I'm putting myself in your uh, mindset. Um, being sheltered and whatnot and you see on tv uh a whole ass dead person moving around that will be very frightening at the uh, like first vision of that yeah at the same time this motherfucker is dancing and dancing well (laughs) look i don't all i know is that the man had a scary face and i didn't know what the hell was going on and it was that it it also was at night the lights were off Um, so question when people do the little remake of like the thrillers um like do a group uh i forgot what those things are called not a flash mob flash mob when people people do a thriller flash mob does that trigger you in any way are you just like oh okay no i'm just like oh okay it feels awkward though because i'm just like why y'all niggas like dancing and shit (laughs) like like, like, oh get up get away from me like (laughs) i get that All right, so um, before we get to like the never have I ever portion of things, I do want to discuss um, Mm -hmm. the, because one of the things that we said we're going to talk about is reality TV and its impact on relationship and behavior. Um, I'm the person, I'm of the mindset that reality TV is trash, most definitely when it comes to like these dating shows and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, I hate shows like um like i'm happy for the ones who are doing it 
because um, they, they made their bucks, they made their money, and I love it for them. Um, but I hate the impact that it has in terms of um, scripting uh, on mm-hmm. um, youth and people who are not able to critically think in a way when right. it comes to how they behave. But like shows like Real Housewives uh, or even um, Love yeah, and Hip Hop, the first Love and Hip Hop, the one back in the day with Jim Jones, them, that one was great. That has hmm. some nice aspects. You might have a little bit of uh, fighting going here and there, but it was a little right. bit more of a wholesome show. But when it came, when they switched it up and moved it to Atlanta and changed the way that they did their show, Mm-hmm. You see a lot more people who want to, you know, pop off at a motherfucker because they want to pop off on a motherfucker or they'll maybe mm-hmm. beat your ass, bitch. You know, you get a lot more yeah. of that going on <laughs> in how people communicate. Uh, and that's because this is what we see on a regular basis. So if mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. going to be the model of how to get on TV or how to interact with your partner. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to behave in my relationships. So what is your take on shows like that? Um, on shows like that, I think it's all, I, I kind of like agree with you, um, because well, for all the reasons you stated, like people are impressionable. People don't, people don't understand like the impact that t- television and like media has on them. Like, for example, if you look on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you see people living their best lives, right? So then you compare your own regular life to it and it's like, it doesn't match up or stack up. Um, same thing with relationships. You see people in a relationship like, oh, I, I want to be happy. I might need to get a, a, a nice wife or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the same goddamn thing that they're doing with this goddamn commercials and shit. If you go on <laughs> BT right now and you look at a Target commercial or some shit like that, it's a black woman with a, a white man. But if you go into another te- television station, it's a white man and a white woman. I don't like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand i understand that like i i love like the the cultural diversity because you know that is a valid family structure but then mm-hmm. you rarely see the uh, the happy asian couple you never see mm-hmm. the happy uh, indian american couple or indian uh well you you don't even see native americans anywhere in like oh my I, god I, I, here's the thing about that Native Americans are a very like invisible population because they look white. Like if you've ever seen a Native American, they look white or Hispanic. And I'm just like, you know what? If I was stupid and uncultured, I would just assume you're Italian, uh, uh, some sort of like Puerto Rican or like Hispanic or or just white straight up. Mm-hmm. But me being educated, I'm just like. No, nah, you different. You different, different. Just like, <laughs> just like the same way I can pick out people from like, di- like islands and shit. Like, you know, people with island ancestry, like from the Caribbeans and Trinidad and all that kind of shit. I'm just like, you ain't from here. You ain't regular black. You <laughs> off brand black. <laughs> off brand blessed. <laughs> You're so not African American. You're off brand African American. <laughs> I'm so done. Somebody's gonna listen to that. I know this motherfucker did not just call me off brand. Off brand. <laughs> look it's not we know you're black we know you're black (laughs) i mean you can't you can't tell me that we can take our african-american ass and put ourselves over in like 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 trinidad or some shit like that and say the same shit hell no we We cannot be the same (laughs) (laughs) that's unfortunate 
But, you know, I, that's why I just lean on Pan-Africanism. <laughs> just be like, there we go. We're all Pan-African. So people do not feel any type of way about anything. Um, but, like, when I, when I look at, like, commercials, TV shows, and see how people script their behaviors from that, I'm like, where, 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 where are you? Where do you exist in this character that you presented for yourself? Because I knew right. you five years ago. And I know mm-hmm. people change. People grow. But mm-hmm. everything you at least when you grow, there's still a subset of who you always were that's still within you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I can't recognize the person that I'm looking at, then something is completely different. What mm-hmm. the fuck happened? Now you're um, modeling yourself out to be like, I, I love the fact like with Cardi. When okay. everybody was trying to demean her and tell her that you're not um, being the right person for my kids. And she was like. I'm not your fucking kid's role model. I am me. (laughs) And I love that. And I need a lot more people to understand that just because this person is on TV, they're entertaining you. They're not modeling, modeling themselves and their personality, their reality for you to fit that. You still Mm -hmm. have the option to be whoever the fuck you want to be, who the fuck you are. You don't have to be Cardi Mm -hmm. B just to be famous. Just be you. Right. It's just like this. You don't see a king trying to be a jester. Mm. Like, he a king. The let, fuck? Me my, let me put on my hotel pad right quick. Exactly. <laughs> like, now, kings. <laughs> peace, peace, brothers. Like, <laughs> no. But, but, like, I, I, this is going off of the king thing. I use, mm-hmm. uh, I, I posted this on Facebook um, and I, I was actually thinking about a family member when I posted this. I'm not going to lie. Ain't you getting on Facebook? I am in July. I'm not going. I, I don't know if I'm coming <laughs> back, but I'm wow. definitely going to be off in July. But um, I posted something that you cannot take. You cannot remove. What was it? Oh, a, a king will still exist outside of his throne. You cannot take a crown off of, of any king. Because mm-hmm. a king is a person who um, is built off of the people that they lead. Same mm-hmm. thing for a queen. You're built off the people that you lead. Mm-hmm. You can have a physical throne. You can have a physical crown. I can give that to you. You will never have my people. Right. That's when you know you're a king. That's when you know you're a queen. If you're mm-hmm. out here so fixated on a, a specific item um, mm-hmm. that can be taken away, you're nobody. Right. It's just like Okay, it's just like a uh, uh, what is it? Not Chadwick Boseman. Well, kind of, sort of Chadwick Boseman. It's just like T'Challa. Like mm-hmm. everybody knew T'Challa was the king. Like we even when Killmonger took over, they're like, "No, T'Challa my king." It's the same thing with your supervisor at work. If you got a shitty supervisor, you walk around the office like, "Hey, your supervisor calling you? That ain't my supervisor." Like, Look, fuck that motherfucker. Exactly. It's the same principle. Like, you don't, just because you have the title doesn't mean that you actually have the qualities of said title. Mm. Like, mm. <laughs> Child, and this is why the American government hasn't had a president in I don't know how many years. But, um, <clears throat> I mean, we got one that's kind of close. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. It's, it's a motherfucker uh, sitting in the seat. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't come for me. Don't come for me. Do you guys do the loans like I do? Okay, then shut the fuck up. (laughs) I mean, look, bro. I'm tell. My thing is this. Here's the thing that I don't like about the whole student loan thing. Like, for people who borrowed money, like through 
banks and shit, like private lenders, they don't get shit. They just they don't. And I'm just like, why? Like we did the same, we did the same shit, just different people. Exactly. And they should have theirs forgiven. I I I'm all here for that. And I'm like, wipe it all out. Wipe it all out. Like if we could if we can give banks and all these other corporate entities the mm-hmm. money that American people were supposed to get during all this uh, pandemic shit, mm-hmm. meaning they've gotten trillions of dollars so far, mm-hmm. they shouldn't want my motherfucking student loan money. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't want my car payment. You got exactly. paid enough. Exactly. Meanwhile, also, I'm over here starving. No. Right. <laughs> and also, like, here's the thing. If you can't just print up the money, give a credit. Mm. Just give them a credit. It's not that hard. On their next tax, whatever, Give them a tax incentive, like for students who borrow X amount, give them a credit for X amount. So that way, once, you know, ta- them checks start coming out and shit, they get a fucking check because it came from their goddamn taxes. And then they could just go ahead and pay their student loan off. Like, <laughs> I just don't understand it. Child. It's just so many ways you can juke this that they just don't. It's, when when you have uh, leadership capabilities Everything is obvious of what you need to do, but you know you have a lot of people that don't have it, <laughs> which is why we we just have motherfuckers in chairs, <laughs> right? It's just like it's, it's the same thing. Okay, so it's the same thing with like a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a person, two people come into an agreement that hey, we're going to be together, or hey, we're going to like try to do this thing in Sapatico, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to do something together, like naturally somebody either either you both can agree to take the lead and stay the fuck out of each other's way or you're going to have a leader and a co-leader like mm. it's not rocket science. Like It's not. It's not. But, you know, this we're living in a society where the uh, average reading level is 6.3, which is still a sixth grade reading level for those who mm-hmm. don't understand that, that value. Uh, and it's not changing anytime soon because, you know, we all this misinformation, propaganda and all this other shit and poor leadership. It's a dumpster fire and I'm just watching everything burn because at, I'm just going to be like, I'm QAnon at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with y'all. We're in a simulation. It's it's just, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, I, I do not believe that. Um, Hell no. Nah. Yeah. If we were in a simulation, this is the worst simulation I've ever been in my life. The absolute worst. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you think I chose to be on horror mode? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, well. Oh, this episode is going to release during the month that I'm releasing my mental breakdown shit. So that's going to be interesting. Um, so let's transition over. We're we're only going to do one one question just because um, this episode's gone on um, a little bit over time, which is fine. I'm here for it. Um, so it's going to be a sex question. Just pull this out. It says, "What physical features do you find most attractive in the opposite sex and same sex?" Didn't we do this one already? Mm. We did something similar to it, but this is, you know, we could do another one. We can do another one. Hold up. <clears throat> Let's see. What personality? Oh, this fits. All right. What personality and character traits are most important to you, you and a partner? Personality and character traits. Uh, okay. So character traits, she gotta be nice. Um, like not that type of nice that's like. Like bubbly nice, 
like uh uh kind of airheady a little bit mm. but not too airheady to where she's like can't have like a uh, intelligent conversation mm-hmm. um so kind of bratty no no uh pillow princess kind of sort of but kind of like you know if i get like real stern like like <laughs> my voice drops then she's like oh okay he's being serious like oh so you want a brat gotcha. i mean Listen, man, I just know that brats like my ass. I don't know why. I just because you might be exuding brat tamer energy because what you just said sounds like you you're a whole ass brat tamer. I want you to be kind of bratty and I want to put you on your place. That sounds like a whole ass brat tamer, but it's okay. I be mean... you. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds brat tamer to me, but okay. I, mean, I don't know. It's, a, it's that Not cat and mouse shit. I mean, he knows it's true. Yeah, it probably is true. Like again, Vern, like. I got a whole like compartmentalizations of bitch. Like it can help you and it can harm you. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Compartmentalizing things. It, it is. Take the test. Take the BDSM test, and then share your results. Me? I'll send it to you. Yes, you. I already did. I did that like at least four times. And did you not score high on Brat Tamer? Yeah, oh, I, okay. I scored high on Brat Tamer and uh, what is it, Daddy, and also uh master or something like that Not rope rigger as well over here a daddy i mean shit, i got apparently i got daddy energy too so bro. that like, means so you you want a break so are you into age play not okay not i haven't really gotten into age play before but it's it's so it's so it's a weird thing i'm i like it but i also don't like it because like i want somebody who's going to be like independent of themselves but i also don't like all that independence like it's weird so yeah, that, that sounds like you need a you have to workshop with a lot of people for uh, age regression <laughs> that, that yeah. works out. That's like I feel like I can handle a middle. Somebody, some people listen to like, what the hell are these? What are these words? So age play is when um, two consensual adults uh, are. <laughs> it's not necessarily sexual. It's more of a um, role play kind of situation mm-hmm. where one person may be the dominant, assertive person, uh, leader, or you can even say father figure or mother mm-hmm. figure, parental. Um, parental person um, and the other person is someone who uh, is more has a certain age in which they're comfortable in where they often regress to because that is their comfort zone and they just want someone to um, either fulfill uh, the needs of that individual who is crying out or um, wanting that support of someone that either um, damaged or abandoned them or mm-hmm. um mm-hmm provided safety at that one moment before things got fucked up in their lives or before they uh, lost themselves in the world. It's just bringing themselves back to a place where they felt safest. And um, that the daddy, mother, parental figure, um, guardian figure is just providing them an additional safety net of Mm -hmm. uh, control whenever they are within that regression so it's nothing necessarily sexual people um doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be um so if you were like no i can already hear it now somebody 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 listening to this right now in the kitchen just cooking and they like it's like age play it's like what they talking about (laughs) i know y'all motherfuckers you know No, it's not that, people. It's not that. No, um, it's, 
and that goes in, and that also ties into mental states like you mm-hmm. know age it, like trauma is, like trauma intense trauma experience that in an early age in childhood it can give you a different mindset altogether where you develop a dis- dissociative identity disorder where mm-hmm. you have or you form a whole altar uh that is stuck in that age um like people can get can regret like when you're in trouble or something like that or when you're stressed you get stressed uh you can regress back to an age where you were stressed as well like that may be 13 it may be eight mm. it could happen like that it can <sighs> educating people on the podcast gotta love it um I will say, well, did you have any other uh, personality or characteristic traits? Because we ended up talking about kinks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what else character? She has to be, like, kind of, like, she ha- She can't be, like, boring. Like, she's mm. got to be, like, kind of spontaneous and, like, have that high energy. Because I'm naturally going to, like, match that energy. And me, naturally, I can't go above a certain level. Like, I can't maintain a high level of energy. I can maintain a low level of energy, but not high. Mm. Like, it's always, like, if I had to equate it to, like, gears, I can go to one or two, and I can go into, like, five, but I can't be at five all the time. I could be at one or two all the time. I get that. I get that. <clears throat> I would say for me, um, I, I do want someone that is kind. Um and empathetic, uh, most definitely with themselves and others, and especially with themselves, because I don't want someone who's always beating themselves up. Uh, I also don't want to be in a relationship where we constantly have to apologize, uh, where we can respect that, you know, we all fuck up uh, and we will mm-hmm. apologize for the things that really do hurt each other because mm-hmm. um, I, I hate when people apologize for the simple things like oh I haven't texted you in like three hours let me say sorry why <laughs> like you're living your whole ass life you don't need to apologize to me for that like I don't I don't care I'm living my life too um, but like, I'll say like I'll flag on the play for that though I'm talking to a girl right now I should say a woman right now <laughs> and she she don't talk to me like or i'll talk to her and then she'll forget to send me a message and then she'll end up going someplace like to tennessee or fucking virginia or whatever and i'm just like but i asked you like at least like three days ago did you want to hang out on this day that you decided to like jump up and go somewhere why the fuck didn't you say anything <laughs> in that situation i was <laughs> If it's like that long of time, it depends on how the communication is going. If if it's like early <laughs> phases and you're okay. trying to like build that relationship, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so are you just gonna leave me hanging here? Because if you if that's the intention, I can look other ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, if if it's like if we've been talking for some some time, months, um, we've gone out on a couple of dates. And if you're not, if you don't respond in like three days, and then I notice that you're in like Jamaica, uh, I'm going to wait till you get back. And then I want to ask, okay, how was your trip? Hopefully you have <laughs> something to talk about. If your ass don't have nothing to talk about, not in like I'm hurt kind of way, but if you, you went to Jamaica, I want stories. I want to know mm-hmm. how that experience was. And you just yep. like, oh yeah, I went to Jamaica. It was fun. The fuck? You better tell me what the hell That's you it? did. Okay, I'm going to be looking to other <laughs> other people at this point because clearly we can't have a communicate we, we can't communicate with each other 
if you going mm-hmm. out here to tropical islands and shit and have the bla- uh, a whole ass blast and we can't mm-hmm. have a conversation about it Mm-mm. here you go like y'all sit right with moi <laughs> i'm at the point where i'm just like i'm like i'm supposed to see her like later on today and i'm just like you know what i'm real contemplating just like put my like just girl you know <laughs> just yeah and I'm just like, bro, like I can't be, I can't be doing that. <laughs> like I, I ain't, I ain't married to this woman. I ain't dating this woman. She's just somebody I'm talking to. I'm just like, look, man, you just can't be getting out of pocket like this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Well, I think this will be the perfect time to transition over to the end of the show. I'm sorry, everybody. All things must end. But you know, the Holiloquy podcast is going to be here for a while. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Haki, do you have any lasting words, advice, or anything that you want to share with the uh, audience? Uh, yeah, you know, love each other, pray for each other if you're into that. Uh, light some candles and, you know, align chakras for each other and all that kind of stuff. And just really take your mental health into consideration, take your partner's mental health into consideration. And it's always okay to step away from something that is overwhelming or um, just not for you. Never be afraid to say no. Mm. Yes. Oh, these tips. <clears throat> I love every single one of them. They, they just, they, they be touching you. They be hitting me in the feels like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lord. All right. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, for the listeners, thank you all so much for continuously supporting the Holiloquy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.